0: Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Jim. Good to be with you again this week. Uh, An interesting day after the president's speech last night. uh, Yeah. About infrastructure and housing.
1: Yeah. uh, It it was an interesting speech, obviously taking a victory lap on uh, what hopefully is the beginning of the end of the COVID pandemic. Uh, and uh, you know, talked about the vaccines. Obviously NHp was a uh, did, had a big role uh, this week on, uh, on on and promoting uh, the vaccines and and making sure that our our, our builders and our workers are are uh, are vaccinated. Uh, but yeah, infrastructure that's going that is going to dominate the uh, the congressional agenda from here on out, whether it's about climate change, about workforce, uh, whether it's about housing as infrastructure, whether it's about, Human infrastructure. It's it's going to be a. Uh, it, it, he set out a pretty ambitious agenda, and and also he put the stake in the ground on how he's going to pay for it. And there are there are certainly things that we we've, we've been talking about it for weeks now, but uh, now they're kind of full out in the light. I think the real estate industry and, and home building are going to have their our work cut out for us.
0: I think you're right, and uh, we've got a guest here today that can uh, help us explore that a little bit. I think it's a great privilege and a testament to the. Uh, strength of the National Association of Home Builders that we're joined today
2: by the Chairman of the Senate Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs Committee, Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio. Uh, Senator, welcome. You two guys again. Thanks. That's
0: right. Senator, uh, you and I spoke uh, right after the election. Uh, it was an honor to receive a phone call from you. And at that time, um, you said a couple of things that really got me excited. The first was that if you had your way, you'd change the name of your committee uh, to the Banking and Housing Committee, uh, and then secondly, uh, that you were very interested in uh, perhaps doing a holistic look at American housing policy, since it really hasn't
2: been done in a long time. Could you comment on that? Yeah, sure. I, I actually, I think I said change it to Banking Housing or Housing and Banking, either way. But I, you know, I, I, this committee has, for years, as you know, since 1970, been called the Banking Housing and Urban Affairs Committee. But around the Senate and the media, typically, just call it uh, Senate banking, and I unfortunately that, that has led this committee to be all about Wall Street, little about housing, and almost nothing about urban and, and rural affairs. And so um, my mission is how do we? I mean, I want to front and I want to I want front and center feature housing. The banking matters, of course, financing housing matters, GSE reform matters. Uh, making sure that that the mortgage system works, all that matters. But there just hadn't been the emphasis on housing. In fact, we did a hearing about maybe six weeks after you and I talked that first time, Jerry, where um, the first time recently, and uh, the the hearing was called the State of Housing in America. And that's the first time this committee for nine years had done a housing Mm -hmm. committee uh, hearing like that just to study housing and look at the state of housing and what we can do. And so I have really set out, part of the reason I called you right after I became chair or was about to become chair after the election. And I also called people like Phil Graham, the former chair of this committee, whose politics are very different from mine. He's a very conservative guy from Texas, was chair many years ago. I called Ben Bernanke, the the Bush nominee for the Federal Reserve. I've talked to bank CEOs and community bank CEOs and credit, I mean, I I want all ideas on the table because we've got to figure out how to build more homes. We've got to figure out how to renovate homes that have been that could sell in in communities that could sell for 60, 70, 80 thousand dollars in my zip code in Cleveland and in in Appalachia, Ohio and all over. And we need to build more new homes. And uh, I I think everything should be on the table. I mean, I'm I'm a progressive Democrat, but that doesn't matter here. What matters is we provide housing to people who need it in this country. And way more people need it than the supply we have. Uh, there's no question about that, Senator. Yeah, it's, it's, Senator, you, you mentioned uh in the in the long list
1: of of of, of issues that are, that are going to come before you on in the housing space. You mentioned GSE reform. That's something near and dear to our hearts. We have uh obviously we are now uh what 13 years uh into uh, into conservatorship of, of the of Fannie and Freddie. We have long been champions of a durable, lasting uh, legislative solution to GSE reform, uh, g- given what uh, FHFA has done in the past, what they're doing now, the uncertainty of uh, of the director's uh, tenure, uh, pending a Supreme Court uh, case. Uh, where where do you think a a that lasting, durable legislative fix comes in, or is it is it comprehensive? Is it in pieces? What's what's your thought on GSE reform yeah, and finance?
2: I, I think it needs to be comprehensive, and there's some some principles. I think we we mainly agree on in both parties. I mean, it's it's complicated to get there. There are other priorities. There seem to be, as you know, Jim, other priorities always get in the way. That's kind of the way things work around here. But I, I just had a call. Um, I talked to Mark Labrie yesterday, the the directly the, um, the FHA administrator, um, and he doesn't know what his future is. He is fortunately, I had a conversation a week ago with a prominent mortgage banker in Ohio who was who who was concerned about some of Calabria's rules on, on bringing people into the system and refis and all that. And, and he thinks that his rules have, have really been skewed towards upper income um, mortgages and uh, needs to be broader than that, not to exclude upper income, of course, but needs to reach a little deeper. So um, I that's why I talked to Calabria about that. And he is sort of changing his position a little bit there. But what's important is we... You know, we find a way that I like what you said about stability. One a GSE that's one a GSE system, a housing finance system that's predictable and and will last. Um, That means preserving the 30 year fixed rate mortgage. That's that to me is essential for for how we've done as well as we have building housing. Um, It means maintaining equitable access for small lenders. That's really important. We need a federal backstop. I think of it as, as sort of regulating the GSEs as utilities. So they, they, they are, as you say, Jim, predictable and longer term. Uh, and it, it means maintaining our multifamily housing systems too. So I think we can do that. A number of people on the committee are starting to talk about it again, uh, doing it bipartisanly. There were a couple of efforts, if you know, Jim, well, both you do, Jerry, working on this um, half a decade ago. Uh, we've kind of put it aside, and I think that after we get through sort of the first Two hundred days or so of the Biden administration and the new things he's trying to do to to build the economy, not from Wall Street down, but from the middle class out. Um, see, I think then we can we can get serious about this. Well, we're staying standing
1: ready to work with you uh, when when that time comes, Senator. Good. There's,
0: yeah, that's absolutely. Do you think that would be a part of a a broader overall
2: uh, omnibus housing bill, or do you think that would be a separate effort, Senator? Um, Probably separate, uh, cause, uh, but I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm open to, I, I, you know, the first, the first step with Biden is with the new administration has been, um, obviously deal with COVID. The, the second step at the same time, we can do more than one thing at once, obviously, is, is how to build this economy. We're going to see, um, I talk to the chair of the Federal Reserve regularly, um, Jay Powell, he's the Trump nominee. Of uh, the federal chair, the Federal Reserve. And I talked to, to Secretary Bernanke, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Secretary um, Yellen, who was former chair under Obama and now is Treasury Secretary. They are both very optimistic about um, the pent up demand in this economy, causing, helping to bring, coupled with the new dollars that the, that the Biden administration and the Senate and the House have put into this economy with the Relief Act and the now the infrastructure bill, that that's going to mean several quarters or more, they don't limit it, but several quarters or more of pretty strong economic growth. And I want that economic, I want, I want how the the first part of housing is as you both know, has been um the 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 um the emergency rental assistance and emergency uh foreclosure forbearance assistance to make sure people aren't evicted or 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 um because they lost their jobs in the pandemic. So that's our first order of business. After that, as the economy starts to grow, I think we need to, you know, opportunity needs to meet, whatever that term is. Um, opportunity, what is it? Opportunity meets. Why am I forgetting that term? But anyway, we, we need to be ready. Um, maybe it's preparation meets opportunity. Whatever I'm trying to say, we need to be ready um, as this economy starts to take off to make it easier and incentivize and all home building in a, in a big way.
0: Well, thank you for that, Senator. We we totally agree. Uh, let me ask you a question. Do you think that there'll be an extension of the eviction moratorium uh, first? And then secondly, um, what do you think, or is there a possibility uh, that they can get uh, the states to move quicker on
2: getting the rental assistance out? Yeah, that's a really good, that's a million dollar question. Now, I spoke last night to Gene Sperling, who is the president's designee, um, at the White House to disperse the, the one in charge of making sure these dollars end up where they should—not just rental assistance, but local governments and and um, education and healthcare and everywhere else. Um, he is focused, part because I stay in touch with him closely. He's especially focused on the on the dollars for the emerging rental assistance and foreclosure assistance. Um, he is uh, he's un, unsure on whether or not the. Um, the moratorium continues. I, I think it needs to continue if the money's not in place and out the way it needs to be. But it, we don't want it to be any longer than it needs to be. I mean, it's the kind of thing we want to make sure that that we get help to people that landlords are. I mean, landlords are hurting too. Clearly, um, you know, I, I think often of, of a retired couple in you know in Toledo, Ohio, who. They bought a duplex, and on the one side they're living on their Social Security and their and their rent payments. On the other side is there's their tenant. Um, you know that that landlord sometimes that homeowner that that senior that was the senior citizen haven't had haven't had any revenue in, in many months perhaps. So um, we've got to but but it's it's partly it's, it's it's the Fed's getting it to the states and it's working with the states. And I'm going to be really dogging that because I I said to him yesterday. As I said to my staff, there's nothing more important in the Banking Housing Committee right now than to get those dollars out the door fairly and honestly and honorably and efficiently for those who need it, for nobody else, but for those who earned it and need it and qualify for it, um, because we can't really do much else with housing until that gets fixed. And then then at the same time, we're going to be looking at how, how do we incent more building of homes. But that's got to be fixed so those so landlords and tenants can get on with their lives for sure. Chairman, I know your
1: time is limited today, and we're so thankful to have you with us. One uh, maybe maybe one time for one more question, uh, and that's infrastructure. We saw President Biden's speech last night, uh, really launching the campaign on the human infrastructure. We saw the the physical infrastructure uh, plan a couple of weeks ago. Uh, tell me where housing fits into the overall. Uh, infrastructure program and and how do we move forward uh, to to make sure that we housing affordability is is in the forefront uh, but but w- w- what's your role and and how do you see the the committee uh, playing a role in the in the future on
2: the infrastructure conversation? yeah, um I mean I first you first accept the conclusion that the facts. people need to know the facts. there aren't enough. there just aren't enough homes now. um there're not enough homes for uh I mean I, I my my one of my daughters is in the housing market right now and um she can't believe really, she lives on the East Coast. One of them, the uh, other daughters live in, in our state in Columbus, and they can't quite believe the price of housing and, and they're they're very middle class. I mean, they're spending uh so much more than I would have imagined and, and and from where I live, but I mean I I know about that. But so I, I think but I I think we've got to really focus on how are we building more affordable housing for middle class families. Um, I think there, there's just not enough homes for low and moderate income people. I I look at and I, I mentioned this before, I think probably to you, Jim, I, my wife and I live in zip code 44105 in Cleveland, that zip code had more foreclosures than any zip code in the country back in 2007. There are a whole lot of homes in that zip code that are um, that people are scraping by. They, they Many of them were banned and some of them were sold to outsiders that did whatever they did with them. And, you know, a lot of those homes could be rehabilitated um, and there will be funds for some of that. And then those homes could be sold. These numbers don't sound right to some people, but could be sold for 50, 60, $70,000 a year. I mean, 50, 60, $70,000 and people would be paying less for their mortgage than they pay in their rent in many cases. So um, a part of our focus needs to be there. A part of our focus has to be new home construction. Um, I, I, want, I want you as home builders to play a role in all that. I mean, I know that new homes is your, is your focus, but home renovation is gonna be a part of this too, especially for moderate income people. So I wanna see infrastructure address that and so much more.
0: Senator, thank you very much for, for those comments. Uh, I think you know that NEHB uh, stands ready to work with you on all of these issues across the board. Before I let you go, I know you know the answer to this. And I just hope you'll be able to tell it um, tonight, the NFL draft. Where do your Cleveland Browns go?
2: Well, uh, this won't surprise you. My answer will be that uh, I, I hope even though it's the NFL draft because it's in Cleveland, I hope that the Cleveland Indians can draft a leadoff hitter. I know I got the wrong sport, but my focus in this time of year is Cleveland Indians baseball. And I don't even know the answer, but I do know that Cleveland baseball needs a center fielder. They need a, they need a first baseman and they need a leadoff hitter. You're, you're a Yankee fan. That figures, Jerry. scary. It's good to hear that. My, my, I hate the Yankees so much. My dad grew up an hour and a half from Cleveland. And I never, the only eight teams in the league in those days, in the early, late 50s, early into the 60s, I guess 10 then later. And I never saw the Yankees play because my dad didn't want Mickey Mantle to get 15 cents out of his stick. So um, <laughs> just, so I never saw the Yankees, though my friends and I could drive when I was in high school. That's how much I hate the Yankees.
0: Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Senator, but we... I- we can still work
2: together on housing issues. we
1: can, as long as you don't bring that up. again. You got us Yankee fans back with that swarm of gnats you put around Jabba
2: Chamberlain. Yeah, that was a great. Yeah. Derek Jeter looked like he was fighting off a shark attack. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of little gnats. They're still making excuses about yeah, that. That's right. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Senator. Bye bye. Yeah.
0: So, Jim, there you have it. Uh, Senator Brown has some uh, some great ideas and clearly wants to lead the committee. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, I I mean, he hit
1: he hit all the high points for us. Obviously, housing, number one, is a priority for him as chairman of the committee. That's music to our ears. You said that uh, at the top of the interview. Uh, Housing is infrastructure, talking about building housing for all Americans. I thought that was great, especially especially middle income Americans and middle income families, but also making sure we, we take care of the low end. Uh, hit on GSE reform, boy. When was the last time? And, and he mentioned, you know, a decade ago that we've heard bipartisan support for generic principles on housing on housing finance reform. Again, things have fallen our on our wheelhouse. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to work with him. Uh, he is a champion and was one of the leading champions on rental assistance, which has been uh, slow to get out the door by the administration. But nonetheless, he he knows that and he is focused on that. And I thought another thing that maybe wouldn't expect to come out of the senator uh, is that he hopes that the eviction moratorium, uh, that, that it will be temporary and will end at some point if this money gets out the door. So uh, a lot of optimism from uh, from Senator from Senator Brown.
0: Yeah, there sure was. And you know, our Ohio members know this better than some of the other listeners out there. Senator Brown uh, said it himself a couple of times. He's a very progressive Democrat. And there's no question that if we get into GSE reform or a comprehensive assessment of American housing policy, that he will take a different perspective uh, than most of our members On the other hand, uh, as I think you could tell, this is a straight talking guy who, who you can do business with. He has his strong principles, but he understands how to legislate and how to compromise. And I think there's reason for optimism.
1: Yeah. And, 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 look, and that's, and that's where NHB plays its, its, its best role in housing policy does best when policies are made down the middle in a bipartisan fashion. I mean, and we can, and already have proven. I was on Capitol Hill with, with Chuck Falk and, and Jerry Connor a couple of weeks ago meeting uh, with his counterpart, uh, Senator Pat Toomey from, uh, from Pennsylvania on GSE reform. He has his own principles. They're not too far off from, from Senator Brown. So NHB's role uh, as uh, a peacemaker, uh, so to speak, I think uh, you, you said speaks volumes about NHB continuing to be a, a source of, of, of bipartisan strength, uh, and that we can work on both sides of the aisle. So, uh, yeah, he was it was it was a great interview,
0: and I'm glad he gave us some time. It was great. It was terrific. So, to our listeners, I say uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, remember, please subscribe to. Housing Developments. And from Washington, D.C., I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Bye bye. <laughs>